Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. So today I'm going to start a start a new series today. I just we just finished up the the homework series and well received. Thank y'all for uh, participating in that over the month of the May, and uh, we focused on family and home and moms and dads and kids and all that kind of stuff and marriages on Wednesday night and, and just had a great month. I appreciate y'all uh, participating. So many of you did. And Wednesday nights were were awesome too and, and just, just a really, really good month. Um, so today I'm starting a new series and the title of the series is Laying Down the Law. Laying Down the Law. We're going to focus on the Ten Commandments over the month uh, months of uh, uh, June and July. It'll take us, you know, a couple of months to, to do each one of the commandments. But so we're going to just focus on these Ten Commandments. I think in our day and age, uh, well, I don't think, I really, really believe that in our day and age there is a huge need for us to make sure that we are, we're standing on the right foundation because there's so many people that aren't and so many, uh, so, so much evidence in our, in our world, in our society, and everything that we have just gotten so far away from God in so many different ways. Now, I know I don't have to tell you that because you can see it just like I can, but you just see such evidence that we're so far away from these foundational things that we just got to stake our life on. And so I want to revisit these for the next couple of months and, and really focus on what these commandments uh, mean for us. And so that's what we're going to do. You know, top 10 lists are, are pretty popular kinds of things. You know, people, uh, top 10. I remember um, back in the day, David Letterman, he was one of my favorite late night TV talk show guys. You know, Johnny Carson, back in the, some of y'all that are old enough remember the Tonight Show before uh, Jimmy Fallon and, and Jay Leno, Johnny Carson was the guy and, you know, was there. And uh, But David Letterman was around for a long time too. And I, I kind of really, uh, for a while there, I kind of liked his, his uh, late night uh, TV uh, talk show better than Tonight Show and stuff like that. But Letterman would always do... Um, a lot of times he would do a top 10 list, and, and so it was kind of a big deal for him to do top 10. And we, you know, we think about top 10 stuff a lot. Uh, you know, college football uh, is just around the corner, and you start thinking about top 10. Who, who's the top 10? Preseason top 10 right now is from number 10 to number 1. Uh, Preseason rankings have Auburn as number 10, Auburn and Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, Michigan, Texas, Notre Dame, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and then that that other team. Y'all know that uh, there's always number one, and uh, Cindy Sansing loves Alabama being number one, and uh, so they're they're ranked preseason number one. Uh, top ten in college baseball right now. You know, I know that that changes a lot, and there's a lot of different polls out there. You can find a lot of different, but uh, Baseball America has top ten. Uh, at least a couple of days ago, it may have changed some um, because it changes a lot. But a few days ago, top 10 in baseball from number 10 to number 1 was Gonzaga, then Maryland, Oklahoma, Louisville, Miami, Oregon State, Texas A&M, Virginia Tech, Stanford, and then uh, Tennessee was uh, number 1. Uh, there's, there's one team that is conspicuously missing from that list this year, and, uh, and a lot of us are not too happy about that. But... Um, but anyway, that's kind of where college baseball is. Right, top ten fast food restaurants. Uh, top ten fast food restaurants, according to one list that I found. I'm sure that there could be different opinions about this. But from number ten to number one, In-N-Out Burger. Has anybody ever been to an In-N-Out Burger? A few folks. All right. So I know that's kind of a West Coast kind of thing, isn't it? I mean, so 
a lot of in, but I, you know in and out burger must be a big deal out west arby's is number nine arby's fans got some arby's fans um uh dq is number eight uh dairy queen you know a lot of dairy queens in texas and and uh places around burger king comes in after dairy queen queen the king uh but anyway uh taco bell comes in after that five guys kfc wendy's subway and then what's number one chick-fil-a how about chick-fil-a being number one the christians come out on number one in one list man so yes man so fired up so go go, go get your chick-fil-a sandwich today so anyway <laughs> i know i know i know there was my joke samantha there was my joke so <laughs> so anyway all right so you know when you think about when you think about all the commandments in the bible there's certainly a top 10 list there's certainly a top 10 when you say the word commandment most of us think about the top 10 so grab your bible and turn to exodus chapter 20 hope you got your bible with you or turn it get it on your phone or um in the bulletin, if you got a handout this morning, it's only going to have one verse that we're going to focus on today, but I want to read all ten of them uh, to kind of give us a running start into this, uh, this study this morning. Exodus chapter 20, and uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 17 because that's all ten of the, uh, the commandments. So stand please and let's, uh, let's read these together. Stand please. Exodus chapter 20. Love hearing those pages of those Bibles turn. That's good stuff. And God spoke all these words saying... I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and this is where we're going to we'll, we'll, we will focus focus on verse 3 for today you shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in, the six, for in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, uh, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. May God bless the reading of the Ten Commandments this morning. Let's pray together. Help us now, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, to hear from you today, God, to be taught by you today, God, and then to obey you for your glory today, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much. You may be seated. So, uh, there are 613 commandments in the Old Testament. You now we think about the commandments and we think about these most of the time. But there are 613 commandments in the Old Testament. And uh, nobody really knows the exact number. It could, fl it could fluctuate, but 
truth of the matter is the exact number really uh, is not all that important because every one of these commandments the purpose of all why did God give all these commandments uh, the purpose of all these commandments is to is to point us to Jesus all of the Old Testament laws all of those commandments in the Old Testament the purpose of all of them was to point to Jesus now I'll show you what, what that's all about here in just a second but all of those commandments and there are 613 of them uh, point toward Jesus Galatians 3:24 tells us Paul wrote Galatians chapter 3 verse 24 and Paul wrote and told us that the law when he says the law he's talking about all those commandments in the Old Testament and and the law was given to us and the law was our master the law was our guardian the law was our tutor or our teacher until Jesus came and made us right with God through faith in him alone so let me, I want you to understand that that's all those laws were given to kind of hold us together give us a direction to go and then Jesus came and fulfilled all of them when he came and now we place our faith and trust in him alone we don't place our faith and trust in our ability to keep all those laws because we can't we'll talk about that in just a minute but Jesus came and and he made us right with God by placing our faith in him alone so if you've never done that if you've never placed your faith in Christ alone then you are not right with God I don't care how hard you try to keep all these laws even just trying oh, well I, tell, I just want I'm just gonna keep the Ten Commandments you there's no way you're gonna be made right with God by trying so hard to keep all the laws there's no way that any of us can perfectly obey all of these commandments no matter how many we're talking about whether we're talking about 613 or whether we're talking about 10 there's no way that any of us can keep these laws and these commandments uh, both the Old Testament and the New Testament tell us that Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 20 Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20 says this surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins that's the truth in this room there's not a righteous person in this room apart from Christ our righteousness is in him alone but apart from him there's not a righteous person in this room that can keep all the laws and never sin and then you know that Paul said in Romans 3:23, you know that verse for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God we just can't keep up we we can't even keep in fact none of us can even obey the Ten Commandments not much less 613 we we can't even obey the the Ten Commandments perfectly I mean you and I have broken every one of them well I have never murdered anybody yes you have in your mind you have Jesus said yeah you say you hadn't murdered anybody but you hate some folks so you murdered them in your mind well you never committed adultery yeah but you lusted when you're on the beach last week you were lusting you were committing adultery in your mind yeah you've committed adultery and so we can't keep them we can't keep them Romans 7 or uh, Romans 7 7 says this says it was the law what so why do we have these laws seven Paul said in Romans 7 7 he says it was the law that showed me my sin listen to me it was the law all of these Old Testament laws specifically for us these ten the top ten here they showed me my sin Paul said I would have never known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said thou shalt not covet I would have known it was wrong for me to 
covet my neighbor's bass boat or my neighbor's uh, house or my neighbor's job. I, I wouldn't know. I would have known that if I would not have known that if the law didn't say don't do that. I wouldn't have known it. I couldn't cheat on my income tax if the law didn't say don't steal. I wouldn't have known that the, that I couldn't. Uh, commit adultery or, or, or have, a, have, have an affair if the law had not said don't do that. So that's what the law, that's the main reason that God gave us the law to define what sin is. That's why in our world today, in our nation today, everybody's redefining everything. And that's why it's so important, it's so important for us as Christ followers to go, we ain't redefining nothing because God has already said, this is right, this is wrong, don't mess it up. Amen? And yet everybody's just, well, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that. Well, deal with it. That's what God said. And that's why the law, the law was given to say this is right, this is wrong, to define what sin is and to show us that we're all sinners because not a single one of us can keep these laws and then to tell us that we need a Savior because we can't keep the law. We need a Savior. We need the Savior and His name is Jesus. And we need Him because He's the only one who has ever perfectly and completely obeyed the law. Only Jesus, through his life and his death and his resurrection, he fulfilled all of God's righteous commandments and fulfilled all of the law. Only Jesus. That's why he is our only hope. He's our only hope. So, you know, if we can't even keep the Ten Commandments, if we can't even obey the Ten Commandments, do we even have to try to obey them at all? Now, the truth of the matter is there's actually some pastors who are out there who are saying you don't have to worry about the commandments anymore because we're, we're not under law, we're under grace. So you don't even have to worry about these commandments anymore. In fact, there is a very well-known pastor of a big mega church here in the United States. It's not Joel Osteen, but it's, it's one that if I said his name, you would go, oh, you can go look this up. You can Google this and find out who it was. But I'm telling you, there's one very well-known pastor of a big mega church in the United States that has said this. This is a quote from him from a, a book he wrote, a column he wrote, a sermon he preached where he said this. The Ten Commandments have no authority over you. And he went on to say this, none. To be clear, I'm quoting him because I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never say this next statement, especially from a pulpit. So I'm quoting him. As he said, I'm going to say the whole quote. The Ten Commandments have no authority over you, none. To be clear, thou shalt not obey the Ten Commandments. Said that. And he's wrong. He's absolutely wrong. Now I understand the law and grace thing. We are under grace. We've been saved by grace. We're not saved by keeping the laws. We're not saved by obeying all the Ten Commandments. We're not saved by that. Well, that's, that's the truth. You're trying to, if you're trying to be saved by keeping the Ten Commandments, you're lost and you're going to hell. But I'm telling you, the Ten Commandments are still valid for us today. And we are supposed to obey the Ten Commandments. Jesus said, you remember the lawyer came up to Jesus and said, 
Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? And he's trying to catch Jesus in a, put Jesus in a bind here and say, you know, which one of those 613 is the big one? Well, Jesus said, no, look, here it is. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others, that's it. All the law and prophets are summed up in those two things. But he didn't say, so chunk all the law and prophets. He's just saying, if you're going to love God and love your neighbor, then you're going to obey me. There's another pastor, a guy named Ray Pritchard, that I really like a lot. And he said this, he said, why bother with the Ten Commandments? Three things. Number one, they provide an objective standard of right or wrong. That goes back to what I was talking about because there is no objective standard in our world today. You know, you just believe whatever you want to believe. You make your truth up as you're going along. That's what the world tells you to do. I mean, you want to get up tomorrow and decide that you're going to be a, 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 a girl when you're a guy? Then go for it. That's fine. Whatever you want to do. You get up tomorrow morning and decide that you want to be a guy when you're biologically a girl? Then go ahead. That's fine with us. You just make it up as you go along. But the Ten Commandments provide this objective standard that says, no, this is right, this is wrong. And we need that because we are stupid. I'm telling you, we are crazy. This world has gone crazy. And we need this objective standard that says, this is right, this is wrong. Secondly, Pritchard says, these Ten Commandments regulate Christian behavior. They just show you how to act. Just, just, this is just, just try to live like this, man. Not to be saved, but because you are saved. Then glorify God by living your life in obedience to Him. And then thirdly, they point out God's roadmap to happiness. Man, you want, man just live the way God tells you to live. Now, you're not going to do it perfectly, and that's why the grace of God is sufficient and the blood of Jesus is shed for us. And if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But man, just... just you want to live for the Lord? You want to live a happy life, a joy-filled life? Then, man, just live in obedience to the Lord. And these Ten Commandments give us that road map that we can walk on. And they all come under the umbrella of loving God and loving others. So commandment number one that we have there, you shall have no other gods before you. Commandment one starts with God and not with man. And that's a good place to start. We need to start with God, because if you don't have a clear understanding of who God is, then you'll never have a clear understanding of any of these other commandments. If you don't understand who we're talking about and who said this and who made these commandments and gave these commandments, then you won't understand any of the other commandments. And the truth of the matter is, if you ain't right with God, you ain't right with your fellow man. So let's talk about God, because, you know, I, have a, I, kind of have an, I try to have an application point for every one of my sermons. And so here's the application for this sermon. Just clear, our God is the God, period. That's it. That's the application of this sermon. Our God is the God, period. So let's talk about him. Here's point number one. There's only one true living God, and you're not him. There is only one true living God and you are not him John why would you even say that because if you decide I'm just gonna live my life the way I want to live my life I don't care about these commandments then you are decided you have decided that you are the God of your life because these laws these commandments given by the lawgiver and the commandment giver the one true living God are unchanging but if you decide you want to change them and you just want to live any way you want to live and you don't want to, you don't want to live according, then you're just saying, okay, I'm the God of my life. I'm God. But there is one true living God and you are not him. 
these first, this first commandment can be summed up with three easy statements. Number one, you must have a God. Number two, you must have only one God. And number three, your God must be the God of the Bible. That's it. You must have a God. You must only have one God. And your God must be the God of the Bible. So who is this God? Who are we talking about? Who's this one true living God we're talking about? Let me tell you who he is. He is Yahweh. Jehovah. You've heard that before. We sing the songs with Jehovah in it. Yahweh. This is, this, to, to be completely honest, strictly speaking, this is the, really the only proper name for God. Yahweh. And the truth of the matter is the Jewish people, they would not, God's people in the Old Testament, they wouldn't even say this name. When they wrote it out, they wouldn't even put any consonant, I mean, put any vowels in it. It was just four consonants. Well, how do you even say a word with no vowels? You don't. And that's why they wrote it like that. So, because you, they didn't, they thought he was, they believed that he was so holy, and I think we've lost this. They believe he was so holy, you don't even need to say his name. So his name is Yahweh, Jehovah. We've, we use the name Jehovah, it's the same thing, and that word that name means Lord. If you looked in your Old Testament, you'll see the name Lord over and over through the Old Testament. You, you, maybe you have noticed there are times where it's written in all capital letters. The, the L is bigger than the rest of them, but they're all capital letters. That is this name. When you see Lord in all capital letters in your Old Testament, that is the name Yahweh, and it means that he is present he is present. We just a few weeks ago memorized uh, the verse where Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Because our God is present. That means he is here. He is accessible through because Jesus died on the cross. The blood of Christ was shed. The, the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now our God is accessible to us and he is near to all who call on him. Have you called on him this week sometime? Yeah, I have. And what a blessing, what a comfort to know he was near to me when I called to him. Even this morning, have you called to him even this morning? He is near to you because he is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. And he is Adonai. That word, that name also means Lord. In the Old Testament, Yahweh was the name that the Jewish, uh, Jewish people would uh, talk referred referred to God with the name Yahweh, and then Adonai was us, the Gentiles. We would we would use the word Adonai, and it's the same word. It's the name it's the name uh, Adonai, which means Lord, just like Yahweh, Jehovah. It means Lord, Elohim. That means He is God, the Creator, mighty and strong. He is El Shaddai. Um, Amy Grant made that one real popular years ago with her song that came out, and that means that He is He is God Almighty. Who is this God? He is Jehovah Jireh. That means the Lord will provide. He is Jehovah Rapha. That means he is the Lord who heals. He is Jehovah Shalom. That is the Lord our peace. He is Jehovah Nisi. That means he's the Lord our banner. That he's the one that we rally to. He is the he is Jehovah Sidkenu. That means he is the Lord our righteousness. We don't have any righteousness in our own. He is the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Rohi. That means he is the Lord our shepherd. Now, Jehovah Shammah, that means he is the Lord who is there. Jehovah Sabaoth, that means he is the Lord of hosts. That means he's the Lord of the armies. This is our God. 
He's the one true living God, and you ain't him. Because you ain't none of those things I just said. None of our sorrow. There is no little G God who is any of these things. So why in the world would we, thou shalt have no other God, little G God, before me? Why in the world would we put any other little G God before our face when we've got this God, the one true living God? That's our God. That's our God. He is all-knowing, omniscient. He is all-knowing. There's no other little g God who is all-knowing. Only our God, the one true living God, is all-knowing. For God, in order for him to be sovereign, that means uh, in, in, in total control of everything in the universe, and we believe that he is, we know that he is, the world says you're stupid for believing that, and yet we know that he is. In order for him to be sovereign over all the universe, he has to be omniscient. He has to know everything, and he does. He knows the tiniest details of our lives. And Jesus said he knows every hair on your head. Uh, he, he knows, yeah, I, I, I've told you, I kind of have a, I kind of have a thing for birds. I'm not a bird watcher and a bird enthusiast, but I just like birds. I love mockingbirds. I love robins. I love, I love hawks. But one of my favorite birds is a sparrow. They're just so common. They're just so simple. They, and there's so many of them. They're everywhere. I remember one time I was sitting at Cups downtown on Lakeland, uh, right there uh, close to University Hospital, sitting at Cups. I was sitting outside drinking some coffee, working on a sermon one time. I looked down at my feet, and there were just little little sparrows just bouncing around my feet, just bouncing around right down there, right around my feet, just finding little crumbs and things like that. I just love them. And one of the reasons I love them is because Jesus said, you know what, every time one of those little fellows falls out of the sky and dies, God knows. Because God knows everything. He knows every hair on your head. He knows when a little tiny sparrow dies. And he knows every star in the universe. Every star in the universe. Listen to Isaiah 40, verse 26. I'm going to read it out of the message translation. Listen to this. So, God says, who is like me? Who is like me? Who holds a candle to me, says the holy God. Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night, counts them off, calls them by name, so magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one? That's our God. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. He's all-powerful. No other little g-god is all-powerful. Only the one true living God is all-powerful. And we see his power. We see his power in creation. We see his power in the conquest of his enemies. We see his power in the course of governments and nations. We see his power in the completion of his plan for our salvation. He has all power, all power over Satan, all power over life and death, all power over sickness, over nature, over all of our lives. Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, He is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. He has all power. He has all power. And He's able to keep us from falling because He's all-powerful. Jude said that in Jude 24. 
The last book of the Bible, Revelation, is full of evidence of God's power. In Revelation 19.1, it says, After I heard this, what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Because He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. And He's everywhere present. Omnipresent. He's everywhere present. There is no other little G God that is everywhere present, that is present everywhere. Only the one true living God is everywhere present. Even Satan himself is not omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere. Satan can only be one place at one time. Now, he's got a ton of demons and fallen angels that are at his beck and call and do his dirty work everywhere. And we see evidence of that all the time. But Satan himself can only be one place at one time. He ain't God. He cannot be omnipresent. Only God is everywhere present. And he is present in every place and in every now. He is not limited by time or space. Psalm 46.1, one of my favorite verses to talk about God. It says he is our ever-present help in our time of trouble ever present in the margin of my bible beside that verse i have the words written never absent if god is ever present that means he's never absent he is always there he is always there to help us in our time of need david said in psalm 139 he said that there was nowhere that we could go to get away from god's presence he said this he said man where shall i go from your spirit or where can i go where shall I flee from your presence? Man, if I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in the grave, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me because God is everywhere, everywhere present. And because of all of these things, because he is the one true living God, who is omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent because of all these things he is worthy he's worthy he is worthy of our worship man at the eight o'clock service and again at the eleven o'clock service we sang one of the greatest hymns in the hymnal one of the greatest songs of all time holy 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 is the lord god almighty man what a statement man you look in the bible anywhere you see a name or you see a word repeated three times brother you better pay attention to that word and when god says he is holy 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 nobody else is holy 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 only god is and because he is he is worthy of our worship we worship him today because of all the things that we've talked about today that he is all of these things he's the one true living god that he's omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent we worship him because he's all of these things we worship him because of who he is not because of what he has done he's he's worthy of worship simply because of who he is he's worthy of our worship he's worthy of our reverence he's worthy of our reverence as we worship him, we ought to worship him with reverence. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 12, 28, let us offer to God acceptable worship. What is acceptable worship? It is worship, according to Hebrews 12, 28, we worship him with reverence and with awe. A-W-E, awe. When's the last time you were in awe of who God is? I hope it's today. I hope it's right now. Not because it's me up here preaching, but because you're getting a, a fresh new glimpse of who God is. Man, there's no way I can do justice to who God is in one 30-minute sermon. I can't do that. 
But maybe the Holy Spirit will give us a fresh understanding of who He is and bring a sense of awe and reverence that this is our God. That means that we've got to show God great veneration and great affirmation and great adoration because of who He is. So He is worthy. He's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our reverence. And my friends, He is worthy of our obedience. Because if... If we don't obey, then we are not worshiping. You can come in here on Sunday mornings, and you do it so well. And you come in here, and you can sing and sing and sing. And I love hearing you sing. It blesses my heart to hear you sing. You can sing and sing and sing. You can drop a ton of money in that offering box when you walk out of here. You can have the biggest, fanciest Bible of anybody in the room. But if you and I walk out of these doors... And we don't go live obedient lives. You shall have no other gods before me. And we get out there and we start putting some gods in front of, God, of him. We put some little, God, little G gods in front of him. The God of our bank account. The God of our family. The God of sex. The God of our uh, recreational pursuits. The God of our jobs. The God of our kids. The God of our grandkids. The God of whatever it may be. And we start putting those gods in front of him. You ain't worshipped. I don't care how good you sing in this place. Worship means we obey. And only He is worthy of our obedience. Only God is worthy of our obedience. We have not truly worshipped if we have not obeyed. That's our God. Thou shalt have no other God before the one true living God. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 16 says, Keep the commandments and keep your life despising them leads to death my mama told me a long time ago she said you cannot break the Ten Commandments but you can choose to live counter to them and they will break you you can't break them they're gods you can't break them but you go out of here and say, you know, I, ain't, I don't want to live, then I don't want to live in obedience. Then God will break you. One day, if you live a life of total disobedience to the Lord, you'll be broken for all eternity. I mean, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for me. And so let's come in obedience to him today. Let's come and respond to him, the one true living God. Give our lives to him. Let him be the Lord of our lives. Let him be the boss, the master of our lives. Yes to, say yes to Jesus today. Come to Christ. He's the only one. And because of him, that's why we want to obey. Out of gratitude for what he's done for us. That's why we want to obey. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, help us today. Lord, during these moments of invitation, God, to say yes to you right now. Whatever that means for us, Lord, that we will say yes to you. That means coming to faith in Christ today, Lord, let's do that right now. If that means rededicating our lives, let's do that right now. If that means joining this church, let's do that right now. Lord, let's be obedient today during this invitation. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.